0: Chapter 2, Samuel Adams. Welcome back. I didn't know the name of the man I traveled with, and I didn't like that one bit. I always make it a habit to learn a man's name whoever he was he stayed busy all day going from business to business wherever he went the message was the same something had to be done about the tea a man named Sam Adams had sent the message as we left each new business the messenger marked a list with a stubby piece of chalk I couldn't get a clear view because of the setting sun, but it must have been a list with the names of those people to contact. I began to feel a buzz of excitement. What were they going to do about the tea? I didn't have any idea. I did have a feeling that I would have found found what I was looking for. This felt like my next adventure. The sun had dipped out of the sky by the time we reached the last stop of the night. A small sign with the name Adams was posted at the gate. This must be where the mysterious Samuel Adams lived. I hoped I would get to see him. The man didn't go to the door like he had at other places. He knocked on a darkened side window, making a sharp rap, rap, rap noise. The window opened just a small bit, then the man pulled the list from his pocket. He reached toward the window. Oh, no! He was going to throw it inside, wasn't he? It looked like he might not meet Mr. Adams after all. This was my only chance, so I leaped onto the paper. Just in the nick of time, he tossed it into the window. The paper, with me hanging on, fluttered to the wooden floor. I heard the window close with a soft thump. Someone pulled the curtain shut. The room was dark. Several minutes of silence went by. All I could hear was the tick, 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 of the clock and the crackle of a fireplace in another room. The paper was soon picked up and with me with it. We were carried into another room where a crackling fire lit up the space. Now I could see who carried me. It was an older gentleman dressed in the fashion of the other middle-class Bostonians. The wrinkles around his eyes showed a look of concern as he unfolded the list. Another man stepped up beside me, and they read over the list by the light of the fire. Do you think it will be enough, Samuel? Hmm, about 80 men. It should be enough, John. I suppose you're right. I think the message will be clear. Samuel nodded. It will be. We have waited around long enough. For once, the people of Boston are in agreement. Parliament cannot tax our tea and then tell us from whom to buy it. Aye, said John. You're a good man, Sam. You have rallied the people to our cause. Are you sure you want to go through with this? It will change everything, I think. It's a risk I'm willing to take. Oh, hey there. Uh, Interrupting goat. Yeah. Um, Thanks for interrupting because I I needed to... uh, get a drink of water. So without further ado, back to our chapter. (laughs) A maid entered the room, startling both of the men. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Adams. I didn't know you were still meeting. Mr. Adams nodded. No worries, Eliza. Mr. Hancock was just leaving. He tossed the list into the blazing fire, and the paper was quickly consumed by the flames. The heat turned me into vapor in an instant. The hot air carried me up the chimney and out into the night air. The streets of Boston were mostly quiet. I thought about my brief time with Sam Adams and the man named John Hancock. Who were they? Why was he calling so many men to his meeting? I found myself joining up with other water molecules floating above the town of Boston. We began to form a cloud, but it was the next evening before our little cloud was full enough to precipitate. It all sounds familiar, doesn't it? As a water molecule, we tend to do the same things over and over and over. Now you can understand why it is called the water cycle. I became a part of a snowflake slowly floating towards the streets of Boston. Thousands of other snowflakes swirled around me. It was a beautiful sight to see each one glistening in the moonlight. I landed on a man's wool coat as he walked the streets of Boston. The snow went crunch, crunch, crunch under his feet. He went into a darkened building and entered through a side door. As he descended a flight of stairs I could hear voices, which grew louder the farther we went. I soon found myself in a room full of men talking and shouting in angry voices. There was Sam Adams. He was standing at the front of the room doing his best to talk over the voices of the other men. The new tea act gives the East India Company control over who can sell tea in the colonies. It is an outrage! Parliament should have no say over who can sell to the colonies. For now it is tea, but soon they will control everything we do. We must put a stop to it. Hear, here! The men all cried out. Another man, whom I remembered as John Hancock, said, Three ships are waiting in Boston Harbor to unload their tea. We've placed guards to make sure the tea stays on board, but we must, must make a decision tonight. Send it back to the motherland! Someone said. A short gentleman, who wore small round spectacles, stood to his feet. He said in a shaking voice, No, it can't be be, be done. The tea agents refuse. There you have it, gentlemen. The tea must be destroyed. I don't understand it. Why can't we just let them unload the tea... "'But no one buy any of it,' one of the men asked. "'Yeah, what about that?' another said. "'Letting them unload the tea won't do anything. "'It will still be taxed. "'If we do it our way, we will send the clear message "'that we will not be enslaved by Parliament. "'They know nothing about us. "'We will stand up for liberty!' "'The men rose to their feet and cheered. "'Hurrah! For the Sons of Liberty! Hurrah!' the Sons of Liberty was a term I had heard before. I'm not sure who started it, but it was a name given to the men who disagreed with British rule. The tea must be destroyed, said Samuel. Boston Harbor, a teapot tonight. The men cried in unison. Samuel's smooth words had inspired them. He had a way of showing others what was wrong and they also had good ideas about what to do to fix it. The decision was made and the men filtered out into the street. I rode out to the man's shoulder, on the man's shoulder, wondering where we would go next. What had they meant when they called the harbor a teapot? It all seemed a little strange, if you asked me. I decided I would stick around to find out. I had hoped to leave with Samuel Adams. Since I didn't get a chance, I stayed with a man I had come in with. Thank you for joining in, chapter two. Tomorrow, chapter three, hmm, I wonder what's gonna happen next. We'll just have to wait and find out. Perhaps some of you are already making an inference.